Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. The confession I have for you is you are redeemed. You are redeemed. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And verse 14 says, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, say the blessing of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles, which is you. So the blessing of Abraham is still for you today. Can I give an amen? It didn't just stop because of the law. No, it says that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law, meaning if there's a curse, then there is a blessing. And there is a blessing for you today. There is a blessing for your children. There is a blessing for their children and their children's children. There's a blessing. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Now, how many know that's talking about the Holy Spirit, that which you receive through the new birth or through salvation Meaning, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, your nature is changed through the power of the Holy Spirit that took place, and now he resides in you. Come on, he resides in you. This is what we call the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He is in you. This is what happened in the new birth. In verse 29, it says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring." Just to kind of reiterate what I just said, the blessing of Abraham is yours. And you are heirs according to promise, the promise. Now, here's your confession. You ready? I want you to repeat it after me. And this is going to be a long one, but it's going to be good. This is going to build some faith. And I'm going to say the first line, and you're going to repeat after me. And even all the kids in here, you ready? I have redemption. Come on, everybody. I have redemption through faith in Christ. I am free. The debt on my life has been paid for through the blood of Jesus. He ransomed his life for my own. He became my substitute. He took my place. He offered up his life. As a spotless lamb, he is the lamb of God. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. In the curse was poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. But I'm no longer under the curse. But I am redeemed through the blood of Jesus. I am forgiven according to the riches Of his grace, he has quickened me in my mortal body. He has made me alive in Christ. I am rich. I am blessed. I am favored. I am prospering, not of my own doing, but of his. My redemption is in Christ. It has made me free from sickness. I am healed. I walk in health. I live in health. I speak health 
over my body. Body, get in line with the Word of God. Jesus, you have taken pain, taken sickness, taken all disease from my life. Your redeeming blood has made me alive. I was once dead, but now I'm alive. I'm no longer separated, but made one with God through Christ. He has proved or provided, sorry, he has provided for all my needs. He is faithful. I am redeemed. Come on, you feel good? We could just leave now. All right, I got six more minutes. So if Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, we must understand what is the curse of the law. And the only way to find back or find what the curse is, we've got to go back into the Old Testament. Come on. Some of you are only New Testament readers. I understand. You've got to get in the Old Testament. There's some things in there that are really good things that still apply to you today. Like the blessing of Abraham, which is 430 years before the law. Come on. See, the expression the law as found in the New Testament usually refers to the Pentateuch or the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote. And as we go back to these books or the law, we find that there is a curse or a punishment for breaking God's law. And this is what the curse is. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. It's threefold. Poverty, say poverty. Sickness. And spiritual death. Now, as a church, we understand spiritual death really well. There's a lot of great messages. And I believe most people that would call themselves a Christian have a good understanding that you are no longer dead to sin, but you are now alive through Christ Jesus. Come on, you know that, right? But when it comes to the other two, we have a lot of issues. Whether it be because of how it's been preached and ministered and how people have abused certain things. Come on. Or because of how we feel in the moment, because of our perspective and what we are up against. These two areas, poverty and sickness, has really hurt a lot of people. And the reality is, it's not because that people have heard it wrong or received it wrong. It's because there is a lack of understanding which we would call darkness or ignorance. Ignorance to the thing. See, a lot of times we just make blanket statements when we don't really know what we're saying. You see that social media is really a vehicle that empowers this. Somebody can post something and you like it and share it and you probably don't even know what they're saying. You know, the reality is that when it comes to the word of God, you're going to have to study to show yourself approved. You can't just go with something because of what someone has said or done. And you can't just have an understanding of something because someone did it. You are going to have to live it. You are going to have to literally try it out, test it out, and live it in your own life. Why do I say this? Because there are blessings for you today that I guarantee you that you're not holding on to that you haven't received yet because you probably got a bad taste in your mouth by some other man of God or some other Christian taking abuse of it and using it in a way that it wasn't godly. 
I'm preaching a lot better than you're amen. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, 8, For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, or that is now. There is a promise that is now. Say now. Now, he's not saying don't work out and train your body. What he's saying That the reality is your spirit and how you take care of your spirit means more than how you take care of your physical body. We put a lot of time in our natural body, and the reality is it's going to get old, and it's going to go straight into the ground. But your spirit, how does it look today? See, some of you got all dolled up, looked in the mirror, you took care of yourself, talking about the guys. I'm just playing. I'm just joking around. I don't even think you probably can make that joke anymore. Anyways, I'll move. But the reality is, how does your spirit look? And how do you look at your spirit? Well, through the mirror of the word of God. It is like a mirror reflecting of who you are. Who do you see? Now, the NLT version of this same scripture, 1 Timothy 4, it says, physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So notice there is a promise now in your life and a promise that is to come. Can I get an amen? You're not just supposed to be healed in heaven. I'm going to say something now that's probably going to make some people irk. And that's fine because I'm going to explain it. You're not supposed to be just rich in heaven. We're getting there. Hold on. See, some people would have us believe that we don't have any promise in this life. Any blessing, material, or anything. But this scripture, 1 Timothy 4, 8, emphatically declares that we do. See, according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 through 17, and verse 38 through 40, the curse of poverty was to come upon God's children if they disobeyed him. Go there. People are still looking at me weird. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. But if you will not obey the voice of your Lord God or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all of these curses shall come upon you and over take you. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl or netting bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase in your herds and the young of your flock. Go to verse 38. You shall carry much seed into the field and gather in little For the locust shall consume it, you shall plant vineyards and dress them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all of your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. The curse of poverty was to come if they disobeyed. See, it was a curse that would come upon them because they failed to observe to do all his commandments and statutes. Paul said this in the New Testament, writing to the church of Philippi. 
But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This is a promise to the church, to you, say to me. See, all your needs would include what? Financial, material, everything. In fact, this chapter, Paul is talking about financial and material things. Read the full chapter in its context. We did this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus himself said this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. What things? All things. All things that you have need of. See, these things shall be added unto you are material things in life. Something to eat, something to wear, so on. It will take care of you. In this life, see, if you're barely just getting by right now because you think that's some humility or self-piety, let me help you today, you're wrong. And let me just help the other people. If you think about talking about this as what we would call the prosperity gospel, let me help you. There's no word before the gospel. There is just the gospel. Anyone that puts something before the gospel, that is not the gospel. It's not. I'm not going to allow someone's mistakes and someone getting too far in a ditch or in a rut to stop me from experiencing the full benefit of God's word. How about you? It's not going to. I'm not going to loosely align myself to somebody's word because it sounds right. I can get behind that. And I'm not going to do it just because people within ministry or in churches take advantage. Come on, there's two sides of it. See, some people seem to have the idea that if a person is a Christian, a believer in God, a God, It's a mark of humility, a mark of godliness for him to live in a poverty and to not have anything. They think that you have to go through life with basically everything that you have being nothing. Holes in the soles of your feet, holes in your shirt, car barely making it, just trying to barely get along. Oh, but I love God and he loves me. Woe is me. Luke 6.38 says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. Now, what does this mean, will be put into your lap? Well, in that time, they had a robe and they had their pants and it would come up and it would make this little hole or a little pocket. And it would be right there around their lap. It would be like a big pocket or a big little pouch. Think of like a kangaroo if you want to. And literally, there's this big pouch in front of them. And he says right here, it will be running over and will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Now, obviously, in this context, he's talking about forgiveness. He's talking about judging. But you can also apply it, the principle, to everything. Now, what is, we talked about the curse, what is the blessing? Almost every time you get something good from the word of God or the promise of something good and a scripture to stand on, someone says, well, that's just for the Jews. That's not for us today. Who's ever heard that before? 
I want you to know that today Abraham's blessing belongs to us. It doesn't just belong only to the physical descendants of Abraham. It belongs to us. It says this, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And if it be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise or the promise. That's the word of God. Now, this understanding that Abraham's blessing is ours, guess what? No one can take it away from you when you understand and know. It is yours. Those people that doubt, those people that have unbelief, those people that want to speak against, can I help you today? They can't take away what you know to be true. So today I would ask you, what is true to you? What is truth? See, Abraham's blessing is mine. Say, it's mine. Abraham's blessing is yours through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Abraham's blessing was a threefold blessing. The first thing God promised Abraham, that he was going to make him rich. Now, hold on, because our understanding of rich is different than what God calls rich. I'm going to help you. Do you mean that God's going to make us all rich? Yes, that is what I mean. Do you mean that God's going to make us all millionaires? No. I didn't say that. But he will make you rich. That word rich means a full supply or a abundantly provided for. Abundantly provided for. A full supply. Come on. There's a full supply in in God through Christ Jesus. See, you have been provided for, and that provision has come through Christ. Now, blessings, let me read a couple more scriptures to you. Or this word, actually, let me go down because I'm looking at time. Blessings, it means to cause to prosper, to make happy, to bestow blessings, to be favored. Most of us are not poor because we have honored God, but because we have dishonored him. Someone might say, I'm afraid of money. And I would ask you why. The Bible says the money is root of all evil. That's probably what you would say. No, it doesn't. The Bible does not say that at all. The Bible says this, for the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. The love of money. See, you could be guilty of that sin and not have a dime. Let me say that again. You could be guilty of the sin of loving money but not have anything. It's not wrong to have money. It's wrong for money to have you. If money becomes a man's master, it is wrong. See, a man can love money so much that he'll pick it up wherever he goes, any way he can. If you cut off his hands, he'll get it with his toes. If you cut off his toes, he'll pick it up with his teeth. If you pull his teeth, he'll gum it. You're getting the picture. If it's in him, it will get it. It's his master. The Bible says that the silver and the gold are God's. Haggai 2.8. The Bible also says that the cattle on a thousand hills are God's. Psalms 50.10. Why did God put all these things here anyway? 
He surely did not put them for the devil and his gang. If he did, then he loves, his, he loves the devil's children more than he loves his own children. And that would be like some man letting his children go hungry and not paying the rent while he goes across the street and pays some other woman's rent and feeds some other woman's children. See, let me help you today. God doesn't love the devil more than he loves you. Isn't that right? It's not true. Somebody, somebody might even say this, and I've heard this one. I guess I'm another Job. I'm just another Job. So let me help you. What do you mean you're another Job? Because if you are, praise God if you're God's Job. You'll get your healing because Job got healed. Some people think that Job, well, he went through life sick, suffering, and afflicted. The whole book of Job happened in nine months' time. If Job was ever sick again, we don't know about it. If the Bible didn't necessarily say so, and if it ever had anything else like that, the Bible would have said so. See, God healed his body. God gave him ten more children. God gave him twice as much as he had to begin with, twice as many camels, twice as many sheep, twice as many oxen, twice as many donkeys, and Job lived 140 more years. He lived to see his children's children until the fourth generation. So if you're just like Job, glory to God. Praise the Lord. See, this is the way God does things. If it is wrong to be prosperous, then God did wrong by doing all that to Job. Proverbs 19.17 says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. See, there are those who are in society who are unfortunate. But God has blessed us and prosper us, and he doesn't want us to be living miserably. He wants us to help others. See, the reason why you got to be prosperous is so you can help people. I can't help nobody and give anybody anything if I'm broke, if I'm barely making it and trying to say, oh, it's all God. This is just what he's teaching me. How can I be the church? If the Lord were to come to you today and say, I need $100, would you loan it to him? Or if one of your brothers were, come to, were to come to you and say, I need to borrow 100 would you loan it to him if you could? The Bible says this, whoever has pity on the poor lendeth to the Lord. And God said, I'll repay him. I believe he will, don't you? And I don't think he lied about it either. And just how is he going to pay it? Well, I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you. But I think we can have some idea when you look at Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 7, where Christ borrowed Simon Peter's boat. He repaid Peter by giving him two shiploads of fish. You can, type, you can write that in Luke 5, read that free stuff later. See, there's one thing about it. There is nothing stingy about our God. This isn't. You are redeemed. In his redemption, or in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin or trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now also in his redemption from the curse of the law, being redeemed from the curse, guess what? There's healing. Can I help you today? It is God's will for you to be healed. 
It's God's will. I had a conversation with someone a couple of days ago talking about suffering for Christ. Will you suffer for Christ? Yes. But is it because Christ is causing the suffering? No. You, by association with him, you're going to suffer. You just are. You're going to be persecuted. There's going to be people that revile against you. There's going to be people that come up against you. You're going to have enemies. The world is against you. You will suffer. But guess what? Paul even said it this way. I learned how to abound, and I learned how to abase. I'm content in any part of my life. Pastor Brian says it this way. Contentment is a company link for divine success. There's seasons of your life where you're just going to learn how to be content. And stay in faith and trust in God. Whether it's in healing for your body. Whether it's in financial lack. Whatever the case may be. See, God has provided for you everything. 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 And I'm going to close with this. There's a lot more, but I'm going to. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life now that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a blessing for you today. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.